Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome back to part two of The Guilty Feminist. So plug in and get ready for the fun. Hello, Salford. Are you ready for the second half of the Guilty Feminist? And welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White. That's me. Hello, hello, hello. Did you have a good interval? Yes. Did anybody meet anyone that they didn't already know? Yes. Who did you meet? Laura. Laura. Laura, are you famous now? I know, it's great. Oh, that's great. Did anybody offer to help? Great, super. Two people. Two people offered to help. <laughs> Come on, Salford. Um, uh, I'm sure lots of people are going to set up a direct debit, though. I feel that's really good. Has anyone got anything else they want help with? Anyone else? They, any, any, what was that? Piles. <laughs> Did you say piles? Like hemorrhoids. I, I think you've misunderstood the brief of what this room can do. <laughs> it's more like, you know, come together with an act. Listen, and listen. If you are a woman and you are suffering from hemorrhoids, I do see that's a feminist issue. <laughs> How could you smash the patriarchy <laughs> when you're in that kind of pain? However, I do believe there are current treatments on the market <laughs> that can probably clear that right up. Um, any doctors in the house? Yes? You've got an ice pack. <laughs> Listen, the sisterhood is nothing if not resourceful. <laughs> Excellent. Well, two, you two together. Why have you brought an ice pack out of interest? You've hurt your back. Okay. Got any chiropractors in? <laughs> um, 
Anybody, uh, just give us a cheer uh, if you have got what you believe to be a feminist job. Yes? Let's take somebody from the circle. We don't want to exclude people, because this is front row privilege, isn't it, here? Like, Laura, Laura's got second to front row privilege, so she's been chosen. There are people up there in those seats. I don't know if they're cheaper, are they? They're cheap, yeah. Well, listen, let's be intersectional and talk to the people who can't afford a Laura seat. Laura, how can you afford that seat when you work for the... This is my question. No, I, I, I'm delighted you've bought this seat. I, I, I really do not want to investigate your financial... <laughs> these priorities, slash, you absolutely are delighted you... Okay, so people up there... <laughs> People up there, uh, who's got a feminist job? Who sits up there? Yay! Yay! Tell me. So we're an antenatal clinic. We look after women that live with HIV. Woo! So you, did you say antenatal? Yeah. So antenatal, and you look after women with HIV? Yeah. But is it the, only the intersection of the two, or both? Both. Both. So you do antenatal, so that's if someone's had a baby, yeah. and they're like, oh, that's ruined everything now. <laughs> because I hear it is quite, can be quite tough on the downstairs region. No, I've got friends with absolute horror stories. It can split it all wide open. If you haven't had a baby yet, beware. Okay. It, it, you're six weeks off. Oh, is it too late to send it back? <laughs> Six weeks off. I don't know if there's anything we can do about that, to be honest. But listen, have the ice pack. Thank you. Send the ice pack along. When you've done with it from the hemorrhoids, they should be cleared up in six weeks. We send it down. All right. So will, could your antenatal centre help our friend here who's six weeks off? Or is it... Yes? Yes. Okay, great. What's your name? Hannah. So Hannah's six weeks off having a bambino. Was it on purpose? <laughs> Deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just there isn't a lot of reward. It's just somebody going, Mommy, I love you, Mommy, I love you, Mommy, I love you, don't leave me, 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 don't leave me. 12 years and then going, I hate you. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. And then for another six to eight, ten years, and then they turn into a full grown-up human. That's the nice part. And that's when your name comes up on their phone. They go, oh, I should take this. It's my mum. Hello. Yep. No, I did. Yep. No. Oh. Yeah. I was standing at the Edinburgh Festival with someone once who literally did this. Hello. Yep. No, but I did. No, but I can't. Well, I can't tell you every time I'm on the television. No, I've shown you how to use iPlayer. I've shown you how to use iPlayer twice. Twice? I mean, that's a woman who helped you learn how to hold your own fucking head up. You were just jelly. The first time you used a fork, you stuck it in your eye. Showed you how to use the iPlayer twice. It's insulting, it really, really is. Then, then she went, bye, Mum. And I was just like, 
there's no reward. There's no fucking reward. Like, just give me a, um, just give me a, a cheer, or like, a, not a cheer, that's the wrong noise. Just give me an mmm. If, if being with your mother, living with your mother could annoy you within days. <laughs> very quick, very fast. What about hours? Minutes. If your mother can annoy you within minutes or seconds, just go, hmm? That's the reward, Hannah. That's the reward. That's the good part. Up until then, it's all neediness and entitlement. I don't want to frighten you, but that's the truth. And that's why you need our friends in antenatal. Do you provide services up until the person is 28? Because I think pe most people get a bit nicer to their mums around the 28-year-old, 30-year-old mark. Um, what's, what's your name? Antenatal person? What's your name? Orla. Orla. Orla, um, where's your service? The Manchester Royal Infirmary. Is that somewhere near you, Hannah? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So you could go in and ask for Orla <laughs> and say, Orla, I met you at the Guilty Feminist. Admittedly, you were in a cheaper seat because you work for the NHS. <laughs> and you're not paid enough. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Um, Orla... I've just had this baby. It now wants everything from me. It's a parasite. It literally wants to eat off my body. It sucks at my body, at my nutrients, and bites down hard on one of the most sensitive areas of my body. And this is the other thing about that as well. One of my friends, she said, I just don't know. It's just my breasts have always been very sexual to me, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about the baby sucking on my breast. And her husband said... Honestly, darling, it's natural. When it comes out, you're going to want to do that. It's natural. And she went, oh, well, what if the baby wanted to suck on your balls? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I think you'd have a hard time convincing the authorities that the baby had asked for it. <laughs> so, Hannah, go and ask for Orla if you are in the vicinity and just say, this baby is a lot of trouble. I hear your antenatal, put it into her arms and run. <laughs> when the baby is 28, she will knock on your door and say, it's nice now. Is that correct, Ola? <laughs> Ola has neither confirmed nor denied, so that's what I'd be doing. No, seriously, Hannah, thank you for inventing a feminist. <laughs> we look forward to seeing them at future shows. Um, I've had quite a few babies in the audience, suckling babies. Any suckling babies in tonight? No, Salford, you've done the right thing and left them at home. But I, I love it. I love it. And I always come into the audience and snuggle the baby. And I've never stolen one. Yet, yes, thank you. That's always on the cards. Put your hands together and make incredible, guilty, fabulous, whirring noises for the wonderful Alison Spittle! Hello, Salford. How are you? Ah, oh, fabulous. How are you? I'm all right. Good, I, good, um, good. you know, it's end of the tour. That's oh, your clipboard because yeah. that says Alison. 
Oh, it's my clipboard because it says Deborah. And this is how we know. We're, feminism is organised. Um, we're all fine. Relax. Um, That's what so, it says on my clipboard. Relax. Okay. So tell me, do you have a nice memory of Manchester or Salford? Do you have a good relationship with the city? Oh, oh, Jesus. Um, I have a relationship in a way. I used to be, I used to be a massive fan of Morrissey when I was younger. I know, I know. Isn't that the way? Yeah, he's taking I feel, a I feel like, a, a, like I went to 25 of his concerts. I have five pieces of his shirt. So, yeah. What? He would throw, he would throw his shirt into the crowd. And then like, I, like, I would be there physically fighting with about five 45 year old men. Um, and I, was, I would hold on to his shirt in my teeth, like lockjaw, like a dog. I couldn't let go. They'd be elbowing me in the face and be like, no, nah, I love him. <laughs> like that's, wow. Yeah. How old were you and how old was he? Uh, <laughs> Age is a concept. Um, I, I was 13 and he would have been, oh wait, do you know what I know? Because I kept thinking, I kept looking at Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas. And I was like, that's the same age gap. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. I swear, yeah. And um, I got accused of being a witch in my school because of him. Um, because... Because I, I had a house party and someone went into my bedroom and I had, like, every, every wall was covered with Morrissey pictures and the candles for my mental health. <laughs> and they were convinced it was some sort of shrine to him. I mean, I didn't set it out to be that way, but they're kind of not wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> technically, it is, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, and then I... I mean, yeah. well, you know, when I... This is my equal and opposite confession, because Morrissey, if you don't know, has really lost the plot. Like, he says unbelievably terrible things, but he I mean, meant he a always, lot to people. He when... always did. Did he? Oh, that's the thing. I just ignored it. Genuinely. Because I loved him that much. I feel he's got worse, though. He really has missed the turn-off. Uh, look, look, the thing is, like, why am I saying this? Um, I just want to say this, because, like, we're confessing now and everything. Um, the shirts, do you want to know what they smell like? Yeah. Patchouli oil and man. That's what they smell like. But I yeah. can see to the, the pheromones to an adolescent. I can oh, sort of Christ. See. I was walking around with a 55-year-old man's rag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, mean... I lost one on the train and I cried for two days. <laughs> I was like... Oh, the worst thing is that'll have been thrown in a bin because no one will have known that the, 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 you know, they could have sold like, that on eBay, but they didn't know. No, it'd be like, this is a stinky rag that smells yeah. like they, an old unless, man. Unless another Morrissey found, fan found it and just recognised the smell. Oh, right. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah I, I, I stopped listening to it. I remember once, um, and this is like, if you're still a fan, fair play, or whatever, I don't care. Um, but I was in a shower and I was like, I'll put on some music. And I popped on, like, I think it was like, oh, it was a song about child abuse. And I was like, I'm not going to start my day like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to listen to R. Kelly. And, uh, <laughs> and that's aged badly as well. So it's, you know, it's terrible. It's I... ter genuinely, that was true. I was like, ignition, uh, start the day that way. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Oh, 100%. Everything is ruined. 100%. If we're doing confessions, which we, clearly we are. Yeah. Um, 
R. Kelly's Ignition, remixed to Ignition, was Tom and my song that we had actually at our wedding. No, true, this is true. Before, obviously, we knew. Yeah. But it was because one time... Tom and I were watching... You know when you just have like MTV or something on? You have a music video channel on. And uh, R. Kelly's remix to Ignition mm. came, on, came on. Hot and Fresh in the Kitchen. Yeah. Like, rolling that, that body. body got, got every, every man, man in here wishing, etc. Yeah. And Tom started doing this kind of little head dance like this. Little Bob head dance. And Tom doesn't dance. He doesn't like to dance. But he was doing it to make me laugh. And I just, we, I just looked at him and went, are you like R. Kelly, are you? And he went... Yeah. What's he like? And Tom had no idea that that was our Kelly on the television. But he just he said yes to be like playful and open. And I, I laughed for so long. Yeah. I know it's not that funny to you, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. It was just funny to us. And I just went, this is happy, you know. Like after we stopped laughing, I said, this is happy. It doesn't get us any better than this. Yeah. I was like, this joke is not going to be any funnier if we've more, got more money in the bank or we're more successful or, you know, this, this is happy now. And uh, oh. that was the point when we decided to get married. And that's why we had that song at our wedding, which is now destroyed by the <laughs> nature of R. Kelly. And here's, yeah. a, here's another one. Here's yeah. another one. Don't tell me you're... Oh, no, I'm not going to say <laughs> No, no, I went to Hogwarts. No, I... Um, no, I... Uh, I... <laughs> No, we're really when... doing a tightrope here, isn't it? Wonderful. I'm sweating a different type of sweat. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a cancellation sweat. It's potent. Yeah. Like I can, I can smell it. Do when, you know? When I, this is true. When I um, rang up the Queensland Adoption Helpline to find out uh, who the name of my birth mother, which I did when I was in my early twenties. Yeah. Um, the lady on the other end of the phone said, "Ah, oh, yeah, I can tell you her name, but then if I do that." Um, and she asks for your name, I'll have to give it. It's reciprocal rights. And I went, oh, no, no, definitely don't do that, because I was just not ready for anyone to come knock on my door. She went, I can tell you a first name, because that information um, is, uh, is, you know, it, it's, it's not identifying. And I said, oh, that would be really nice, yes. And she said, I'll have to put you on hold, because that information is in a more secret file. <laughs> she went off, and I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And she came back, and she went, I'm so sorry, I can't tell you. You're an exception to the rule. I can tell most people, but not you. You can't know your birth mother's first name. And I went, why? And she said, because your birth mother's first name is so unusual as to be identifying. Is that Eric? I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And I thought, oh, my God. My birth mother is Jermaine Greer. (laughs) And I, I mean, Jermaine Greer then was like... You know, like an iconic feminist, right? Yeah. Now, that's still sitting there on my Radio 4 show every time it's repeated, but Jermaine Greer has missed the turn-off on so many issues. You know, like just, she says the most terrible things now. And it makes me sad, because for some years, like that sounds like a joke, right? It sounds like a joke. Oh, my birth mother's Jermaine Greer. I held on to that. And I'll tell you the truth, I really thought it was... I didn't necessarily, I didn't definitely believe it, but I thought it was a good chance. Yeah. That my birth mother was Jermaine Greer or similar. Or similar. <laughs> Listen, don't meet your heroes unless they're oh. Alison Spittle. Ah. Oh. Um, speaking yes. of which, let us bring on our guest. Yeah, I'm exhilarated now. I feel like I've had a near death experience. 
You've had a near cancellation. I've experience. had a near cancellation. Well, we don't, we'll, we'll see what it goes There's still time. Out. There's still time. Honestly, I could use the break. <laughs> I'm quite tired. It's been a long tour. Bring it on. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I, 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 had to, I was in such a hurry to pack for this. I didn't really, I couldn't pack anything. I just had to pull a suitcase out that already had some things in it from the last time. And I, I've come here with hardly any clothes, so this is a nightie. Uh, I've put it over a top, so it's got those shoestring straps like we used to wear in the 90s, which I know is back, but I feel if you wore it the first time, you definitely shouldn't wear it the second time. <laughs> Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Jessica Regan here from Big Speeches. Well, as the price of everything is going up, we have decided to lower our prices to make this training as accessible as possible. I teach the Big Speeches workshop for Guilty Feminist online on Sundays. Our upcoming dates are August 28th, Sunday, and September 25th, also Sunday. Both workshops take place at 3.30pm and they'll run for three to four hours, depending on the number of attendees. We've lowered our full price tickets and our subsidised tickets. So do book as fast as you can, as they won't be around for long. Really looking forward to seeing you. Thank you for bearing with us. We're very happy to be back. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com forward slash big speeches to book your place now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Our guest today is a BAFTA-nominated actor best known for her roles as Anna in Don't Take My Baby, Rosie in Years and Years, and most recently, Barbara Sicky in the disability rights drama Then Barbara Met Alan. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Ruth Maidley! Hello. Hello. Is this on? Oh, it is. It is on. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I can't see anyone, so it's fine. I can see you a lot. You right? Yeah. It, <laughs> hey. Um, I am so fascinated by what I've read about Barbara Lissicki, um, because why don't we know her? She should be super famous. I know, right? And, like, what she did was so incredible. Can you tell the audience a little bit about Barbara Lissicki, who you played... Um, in this BBC drama, which is called Then Barbara Met Alan. Um, and the iconic nature of Barbara and Alan. This is not about him. This is about Barbara. <laughs> I'm joking, it is about No, well. no, it's not about <laughs> But yeah, but this is the Guilty Feminist, so we're focused on Barbara. Um, but can you please tell us about it? When you go home, you have to go on iPlay and watch it. Um, absolutely incredible single drama about Barbara and Alan. Tell us about Barbara. So, uh, Barbara Lisicki is a fierce, disabled woman who 
basically was like the birth mother of the Disability Discrimination Act. She was a cabaret performer, she was an artist, she was a musician, she was, she was just all of these wonderful things. And she um, grew up with her disability and knew that the law didn't um, recognize her rights as a disabled person at all. And when she met Alan, hence the name, <laughs> she, um, she, they fell in love and they headed up the uh, Direct Action Network, which was a group of disabled people who basically took to the streets to protest for disability rights. And that led to the discrimination, Disability Discrimination Act being passed through Parliament in 1995, so sadly not that long ago. But yes! So, um, so the Disability Discrimination Act was brought in what did it change? Like, what specific stuff did it change for people? Not enough. Okay. But, yeah. um, the, uh, basically, before the Disability Discrimination Act was passed through Parliament, it wasn't illegal to discriminate against disabled people. Jesus. That, yeah. Yeah. So, for the first few years of when I was a kid, I mean, I was very busy at the time playing with Barbies and having <laughs> the time of my life, but during um, the first few years of my life, I didn't have any rights as a disabled kid. Right. Um, I had a right as a kid, but if my mainstream school didn't want to put a ramp down, tough fucking luck. And that wow. was, so that was how it was. This is so recent, isn't it? Because, yeah. Um, yeah, because like, Barbara uh, and Alan met at a gig in 1989. Yeah. And went on to become the driving force behind Dan, the Direct Action Network. And this was the 90s. This seems too recent. Yeah, yeah Toy Story was out that year. I know, it's terrifying. Wait, and that I was really good. It was so good. So good. And I think that's, that is what has shocked people the most about this and still shocks me every time I talk about it, is how recent it was. Can you tell us about the Piss on Pity protest slogan? Sure, it's literally the best title ever for a campaign. It really rolls out of the mouth as well. Piss on pity. Piss on pity. What a fabulous yeah. thing to say, especially when you're really annoyed. <laughs> um, basically, the Direct Action Network came up with this campaign called Piss on Pity, where they wanted to block something called Telethon, which is very much like a, a kind of children in need kind of style thing, where... Um, a bunch of non-disabled people would um, ask for money for poor disabled people so that we can have charity um, rather than doing anything to change rights behind um, in Parliament. So it, their whole thing, the Direct Action Network, was about rights, not charity, and they wanted to kind of tear down Telethon completely. That, that should still, that should be, like, that makes me feel like there's so many problems in the world now that, yeah. like... Charity kind of helps when it should be policy. That's the thing. Char I mean, I, I work for... Yes. <laughs> I mean, before I um, fell, literally fell by accident into acting, um, I work for a children's charity called WizKids, and so I know what work charity does. And I've been a beneficiary of WizKids. They um, buy wheelchairs for disabled children um, that you can't always get on the NHS. So, uh, and they're fucking expensive, guys. Oh. I'm sitting on five grand's worth of equipment. Ooh! Please don't rob me later. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're so expensive. And mm. people, it's, I mean, this is not a, 
uh, a luxury item. This is a need. Um, where the fuck was I going? Oh no, you were talking about uh, charities and yes. like. Yeah. Yes, I was. Right. So I, I, I come from a charity background, and I know the work that they do. Um, and what was really apparent was, we always used to say, hopefully one day these kids won't exist because they won't need to. Yeah. And charities exist because they, they need to because not enough's being done outside Ooh. of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, absolutely. I mean, the same with what Laura was saying. Absolutely, is, Laura. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. she's, you know, working with <laughs> um, female refugees, and you know, if the government were not actively trying to send refugees to Rwanda. You know, it, wouldn't it be great if we had a community, a society, if across the EU that was supported and and mm-hmm. we understood we 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 just had a sense of humanity. Absolutely. And because charity is kind of poisonous, it's like oh well we'll have a whip round and then you have to feel lucky for what you get. Absolutely, and that's that was one of the very many funny things in them. Barbara Allen was, you know, you 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 have to be grateful for. The charity. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the the Grateful Crib. That's me. <laughs> so, and that's what that's what you've you're taught to be. I feel like the world is so geared for non-disabled people, yes. and I think we just don't notice half the time. Is there anything that we should be doing that we're not always thinking about? And is there anything we do frequently that we would be better if we didn't do? I think um, one of the the big things that should just become natural for everybody in every situation is to ask what your access requirements are because I, mm. I'm i very simple. I need a ramp and a disabled toilet that people aren't shagging in. Oh, do you get that? Is that like shagging, disabled loose. Have you? They're bigger, you see. So yeah. You more room. I, I definitely, I've never shagged in a disabled. You can no, say, it's okay. Disabled. I'm not going to judge. No, but if I had to, I think I, I'd need the space. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> If someone had a gun up to my head, I was like, you have to pick a toilet. I'm like, practicality. That is for Ruth to shag in, okay? (laughs) It's fine. You know, not all disabilities are visible as well, guys. No, I'm just just saying. So, but, um, yeah, so I'm very easy with what I need. Like, people look at me. Have you ever locked eyes with two people coming out of a disabled toilet, though? (laughs) I, I, I ruin the moment. I sit and bang <gasps> the door. Yes! Do you, can you hear them? Oh, it, it, on a night out, people don't have any care in the world about wow. this thing. This, it, yeah. So you bang on the door, do they come out? When they're finished, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I suppose. <laughs> well, it won't be that long, you know? So the first, <laughs> out on a night the, first, out. the first tip we've got here is don't shag in the disabled loose. Yeah. Now, Manchester, we wouldn't think you'd need to be told that. <laughs> I know you're like Manchester, I'm one of you. So. <laughs> Ruth is local and knows that you do need to be told that. <laughs> Sorry? Where's Dalton? Stop it! Are you a fellow Alphina? Which toys would you love? Oh! Who is it? Oh my goodness gracious me! Oh, this is a wonderful reunion. The rest of you can go. <laughs> oh, my God, babe, how are you? This wasn't oh. planned. Oh, my God. How are you, babe? I'm good, thank you. Are you? I'm, I'm doing all right, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, so good to see you. Look. See? Yeah. You can come round to the stage door afterwards. Okay. Come I'll be in hi. the bar. Okay, <laughs> go to the bar afterwards. 
Oh, <laughs> please don't tell anyone about nights out we had. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Rachel. Yeah. If there are any secrets you'd like to tell us, Rachel, now's your moment. To be fair, I've got two friends in the audience who have probably done it in the minute. There they are, the reprobates over there. Seriously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, love to see you, Rachel. This is very exciting for me. Um, yeah, so, disabled toilets, uh, keep them free if you don't need them. Mm. And keep sexual escapades to a minimum. A minimum. Yeah, like a... If you make really it a quickie. quick, it's fine. But Thanks. when you're trying to make a moment of it, it kind of... It's, it's not fine, nice. and it's we will nice. get emails a, saying yeah. a quickie isn't fine. Yeah. <laughs> a, a simple hand job by the hand dryer, you'd be grand, you know? Right. You know what? Let the, especially a Dyson Air. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Please don't do that, actually. Listen. <laughs> it's feminist. I've been told. It's more feminist to straddle the Dyson Air than <laughs> in the main loo than it is to shag in the disabled loo. That's all we're saying. We're not suggesting you do either, but we are saying if you have to pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah my, yeah, my needs are really, really easy, but I think asking what your access requirements are, it might o not always be obvious. So, like, okay. I, I need step-free access and a disabled toilet. That's pretty much it. But we should ask everyone. What your access requirements are, because people, there'll be, you know... 20-odd percent of the population are disabled, so there'll be disabled people in the audience who might never get asked that. Mm. Um, and we, I think we should make that a, a standard thing in, in employment, in social settings, because you don't want to be the one that turns up to the club that's got steps and be like, we can't go in here because it's, you know, it's not accessible, because you are the killjoy. Mm. So that's not nice. And don't have your feminist book club on the fourth floor where there's no lift. Yes, that'd be, that's, that's, that's not also, don't ask me, when I say, like, if, I mean, not that anyone here would do this, or be stupid enough to do this, but uh, it happens a lot, where, like, you will say things like, you'll be talking about your boyfriend, or your sister, or your best friend, and they'll be going, are they disabled too? Oh, wow. Somebody asked that about my agent. Your Who's back there? <laughs> Hi, Emma. She's livid. She actually told me she actually did a performance on this stage when she was doing... Um, Drama back in the day. She's going to kill me. I'm fired now, but never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, don't, don't just assume that everybody in my life is disabled. That'd be great. It's so, that's, that's so random. It's so um, random. Well, listen, everyone here is excited to watch Then Barbara Met Alan. Yeah. Um, uh, their post-punk sense of humour and spontaneous picket shut down cinemas, restaurants, stations, the London Underground, and brought Westminster to a standstill until their rights were enshrined into law. Isn't protest great? Like, it, yeah. You know, it, I always shouldn't think, we hold on to that? I just think to myself, what would I, what would I be doing now? Like, where, where would disability rights be? I mean, they're still not fantastic. Let's yeah. face it. Um, but I can't imagine where they'd be if they hadn't. No. Protested the way they did, and I love that they had fun, they had flair, they had joy, they were punk, they they're you know, piss on pity. You know, this is the '90s, and there they were saying, "Piss on your pity. We want rights. We want Absolutely. we want justice. We want fairness." And were they ever arrested? Absolutely. And the police vans were not accessible. Oh! Hey. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, you were BAFTA nominated uh, for "Don't Take My Baby." And we are looking forward to seeing you in so much more. Is there, have you got anything coming up that we should know about? Yes, but I can't say. I'm doing that really wanky actor thing and I simply can't say. <laughs> oh, it's a secret project. Okay. It's, yeah, it, yeah it's stuff. All right. So there's lots going on that I'm very excited about and I get to be very creative. And yes. Yeah. Follow Ruth on social media. Where can we follow you? 
Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Ruth Maidley. At your, and you're yeah, at Ruth Maidley. Very, very simple. Okay. Keep it simple, guys. Very accessible, notice that. Very accessible, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, another thing that you could do is uh, for people who are blind or visually impaired is when you're, you put in any uh, photos on your Twitter, if you use alt text, that means visual readers can read it. Um, and you can be funny with that as well. Like, I've seen so people funny. be really it's funny. It's always really funny how people describe themselves. Yeah. Like, fit. <laughs> I'd be like, a big ride with low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> and the same when you're uploading videos and stuff. If you're uploading videos, you can put um, uh, subtitles on them. Yeah. So anything like that just makes... Uh, anything to make the world more accessible for everybody it just gives me so much happiness. Oh. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> For Alison Spittle. Check out Alison's Edinburgh show this year, which is called Wet. Wet. Um, It was originally about acrobics, now it's about my vagina, so it still works. And someone else has got an Edinburgh show this year, Sons Music, is the incredible Grace Petrie. Welcome back to the stage, please. again it's true it's true I am I'm doing an Edinburgh show this year uh, without any without any music um, <laughs> yeah three of us are really excited about that no one else is very into it I don't think yeah so I wasn't actually gonna I wasn't gonna sing this song tonight but um, uh, some people yelled it out in the first half um, so and uh, and you know what it is pride month so, uh, so I guess let's sing something about pride. So, yeah, the, the, my Edinburgh show that I'm doing this year, um, it's called Butcher Do About Nothing. <laughs> um, and it's an exploration of butch identity. Butch identity is something that is very close to my heart. Um, I am a butch lesbian. Uh, I'm very... Thanks very much. I'm very, very uh, happy to be able to say to you tonight, at the age of nearly 35, that I'm proud to be a butch lesbian, right? Um, That's a big deal because for a lot of years I wasn't proud of it, you know. For a lot of years I was very, very ashamed of it, you know. The world made me feel as a young person particularly that, uh, that this is not an acceptable way to be a woman or to be a girl. And I always knew from a very young age I knew that this was the only kind of woman that I was ever going to be capable of being, right? So I've written a show about that and it's sort of a, it's a follow-on from this song that I'm going to sing for you now, um, which I wrote a few years ago. It's called Black Tie. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. Some, some fans of, of the song, or, or of, you know, the, the, the concept of formal wear in general. Uh, <laughs> you could say. So this song, uh, it's like a letter to my teenage self, basically saying to my teenage self, um, there's nothing wrong with you, there's nothing weird about you, and one day you're going to work out that the weird part was the fact that the world made you feel weird, right? Um, and uh, whether, whether or not you are, you know queer or whatever your experience is what I've learned from five years of singing this song is that there is, everyone's got a lonely teenager inside them somewhere who needs to hear that they're okay, you know um, so if that's ever been you, this song's for you it's got a sing-along line I'd love you to join in with um, are you up for that? Yeah! Um, it's quite sweary is that okay? Yeah! I can't, there's nothing, I can't censor it, there's nothing I can do um, because it is a rhyming couplet um, so, you know, my hands are tied 
Um, uh, and also, you know, it's the, this lyric is literally the greatest achievement of my life, so I can't, uh, I can't hide it under a bushel. Um, it's a joke for the Catholics in the room. Um, <laughs> oh! Me and you, baby. I'll see you in therapy. Um, <laughs> so the line is, the images that fucked you were a patriarchal structure. Oh, great. Some people have done the reading. So what I like to do is I like to sing the first bit and you're going to reply the second bit. So I'm going to sing the images that fucked you. You're going to reply with a patriarchal structure. It's going to go a bit like this. And the images that fucked you were a patriarchal structure. And what I like to imagine is, is, is the patriarchy that's, that's wandering down the key <laughs> is going to hear you singing that with all your might. And the patriarchy's gonna think, fuck. <laughs> my, my days are numbered, you know what I mean? So can you do that for me? Can you lift the roof off the Lowry tonight with that sing-along? Cool. It's called Black Tiger, is this? Everything's gonna be alright 
and my very special guest Ruth Maidley with music from Grace Petrie The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon The recording engineer was Chris Sharp The producer for the Spontaneity Shop was Tom Salinsky Thanks to Rachel Craftman, Gina DCS, Stuart Arnold and everyone at the Salford Lowry as well as all of you for listening For more information about this and other episodes visit guiltyfeminist.com I should set that up in a better way because I was making a joke about noisy and annoying. And I'm so sorry. I really no, no, no. That I, was not apologize funny and great. No, no. I just want to set it up better because I don't want to uh, diminish that. Obviously, a lot of people got arrested in the 80s and 90s. I was, I was being wry about that. I knew the new policing bill. So I'm going to set that up by saying, um, and were they ever arrested? Absolutely. Okay, and then we'll cut that bit in. Thank you. Ah. Okay. Um, uh, you were BAFTA nominated. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.